football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Ah, uh, yes, we are back in, and we're beginning to learn a lot of things about the college game as we're now headed to the fourth true weekend of college football and the NFL. The injuries that have besieged the quarterbacks and seemingly turned some of these teams' seasons upside down already after just a couple of games. We're here to analyze, dissect, and of course, woof, woof, give you some underdogs. I am your somewhat capable host. I will have special guests joining me here on this podcast to help break down different games in college football and the NFL. Straight ahead, love his work with the NFL on Fox. I uh, have had a relationship for almost 20 years now, radio, broadcasting, TV, etc. with Charles Davis. Uh, love me some CD, the former Tennessee Vol. Uh, former uh, lead college football analyst for Turner Sports, if you remember way back when. Uh, former lead college football analyst for uh, Fox as well, including national championship game coverage back in the BCS title game days. And now uh, as part of a broadcast team with Kevin Burkhardt, he's on a prominent NFL game every week. Works the NFL playoffs now every year uh, on Fox. Love Charles's insight. He's going to be with me straight ahead. He worked the Cowboys-Redskins game last week in the NFL. Gets Dallas and the Miami Dolphins for this week. We're going to talk to Charles about that. It's not easy as a broadcaster. I'm, you know, I've been doing this for 25-plus years, radio, TV, shows, play-by-play. It's not easy when you go into a game and you have an opponent as awful as what Miami is that is just completely uh, unmitigated uh, strip their team of any talent it seems like or anybody that's worth anything and now you got a broadcaster game against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas with the Cowboys looking as good as they've looked not going to be easy and so Charles will be here to talk to me about that and oh I got to ask him about his Tennessee Volunteers uh, the Vols near and dear to his heart taking on the Florida Gators I'm here in the state of Florida Florida, Tennessee used to be a big deal in the SEC East. Not as much anymore because Florida has has frankly dominated the series, dominated what used to be a rivalry. It's not a rivalry if Tennessee can't win games. Ah, but I'm going to be talking to Charles about this. Is this a spot where Tennessee, given up on after those losses, plural, to Georgia State, who's bad at the beginning of the year, and BYU, who it may turn out to be pretty good in an overtime game, did we give up too soon on Jeremy Pruitt's Tennessee Volunteers. I'm going to talk to Charles about that, and I'm looking strongly at this game for Three Dog Thursday purposes as well. All right, other guests that are going to join me. We'll talk with Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything Sports Gambling Podcast. Love his insight. He and Gary Seegers uh, do a fantastic job on their podcast, their simulcast and YouTube show. Uh, They give all kinds of gambling advice on college and NFL football, on the money line, on the under-over totals. Of course, we're most interested in underdogs. And I'll tell you up front, Chris has got a couple of very intriguing underdogs out of the Big 12 uh, for this week that he's interested in. He's also a humongous Cleveland Browns fan. So we're going to talk some about the Browns and the NFL. Chris Giannini, Winning Cures Everything podcast. Uh, I love the partnership that I've already forged with them here at the beginning of the football season. I'm coming on their programming. They're coming on with me. So Chris is here in a little bit. 
Likewise, another one of the guys that I enjoy putting on, and it's only appropriate right now with the way the service academies are playing. Give me some more Price Atkinson and Yards and Stripes, the Service Academy football podcast. We've got a Friday night showdown at the time that we're rolling out Three Dog Thursday. It's a Friday night game on the blue turf of Boise Air Force and Boise State. And you want to stay tuned because Price has got his breakdown of this game. What kind of legitimate shot does Air Force have as an 8.5 or 9-point underdog? Again, we go at this from 3-Dog Thursday midweek. If the line goes up or goes down on Friday or Saturday, i got no control over that. So when we're making these underdog predictions, it's based off of the lines that we have midweek. And right now, Air Force getting 8.5 or 9 points. That that line might actually go down to something like 7.5 or 7 or a little lower uh, depending on who likes Boise and and who likes Air Force for Friday evening, uh, Boise State with the impressive win over Florida State. But last week, how about Air Force winning in overtime? Great comeback to beat Colorado out of the Pac-12. So we'll talk with Price about that game. Navy midshipmen looking good. They were blowout winners in their uh, opening conference game with East Carolina. Navy getting ready for a showdown with my Memphis Tigers next Thursday night on national TV. And also the Army Black Knights, the, the, the Knights uh, looking so good against Michigan, even in defeat. Price is going to talk to you all about these games. We'll, we'll get his thoughts on that. Uh, and I promise with my, uh, my my different guests, we will bring up Notre Dame and Georgia. That's Saturday night showdown, plus Michigan against Wisconsin. What about BYU being an underdog again at home? Oh, that's like a cougar. Does a cougar uh, howl like that? I'm not sure. BYU, a uh, an underdoggy, a pooch again at home with a Pac-12 school the second straight week. Do I dare take the Cougars after taking them last week and succeeding against USC? Find out later in the podcast, do I like them again against Washington? Or do I not? I like, I got like, I like, like six underdogs this week. I got to narrow it down to three, including the NFL, where again we have the Cowboys favored by 20-plus against the Dolphins. And the Jets, how pathetic were they on Monday night with no quarterback situation at all? Sam Darnold with mono, mononucleosis keeping him out. Trevor Simeon, who's been the backup kind of journeyman quarterback the last few years in Denver. Uh, This past year in New York, hadn't started a game in a year and a half, got hurt right away against Cleveland. They were awful, the Jets, on Monday night. Well, now good luck. Go play the New England Patriots. And they're a 21-point underdog midweek against New England. Um, Vegas has no love or no respect uh, for the Jets. So we'll talk some NFL lines uh, as well. And speaking of the lines, before we get to the special guests, if you are looking to wager this weekend, again, my friends at MyBookie want you to know that you should utilize them for a a couple of different important reasons. One, tremendous customer service uh, at MyBookie. They're going to handle your wager. They're going to make sure you get paid in a timely fashion And plus, you can bet on everything from college games uh, to the NFL. Uh, We talk about this boxing, the the uh, the presidential election, whatever it is. If you can wager on it, you're going to be able to find it at my bookie. And again, uh, the payout will happen inside of 24 hours. You get paid quickly. So you bet you win. You get paid quickly. Uh, with my bookie and we've got a special offer still going uh, right now with a three dog thursday podcast use the promo code three dog if you are a first time user at mybookie.ag, use the promo code three dog they will match your initial deposit 
up to $1,000. You put $500 in initially, they'll give you $500 more to wager with. Same thing, $200 if you want to use that. All the way up to $1,000 right now with the promo code 3DOG. So remember that. Go to M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, my bookie. Promo code is the number 3, 3DOG, and get to up to $1,000 matching bonus on your initial deposit. You bet. You win, they pay at my bookie. All right, let's get to it. Special guests uh, here on the podcast to help me break down the underdogs and what's going to happen. Let's go. He is one of my faves. I love getting the chance to catch up with Fox Sports and longtime NFL and college football analyst and insider Charles Davis back with me as part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Good to be with you. Uh, how are things, my friend? Uh, a couple of weeks in, I know you worked Cowboys, Redskins last week. You kind of been in the NFC East, I believe, for the first couple of weeks, and, and you're staying with the Cowboys again this week in Dallas with the Dolphins. How are things, first of all? Yeah, things are good. I mean, the season has started, so all's right with the world. I think all of us are excited about that, and. You know, we saw Cowboys, and uh, I saw Philadelphia, Washington, Week One. And so, as you mentioned, Dallas, Washington, Week Two, and now you get to see Dallas for a second time. And this time, it'll be an AFC East team, Miami. And right now, they obviously are in the throes of of what the Philadelphia 76ers called the process. Oh, with the Cleveland, with the Cleveland Browns did previously, that seems to have now paid dividends. But it, the people who put it in profit in, in, in motion paid for it with their jobs, as did the GM in Philly, Sam Hinkle, and the Houston Astros, I would I would throw in there. You remember how abysmal they were, and they just stripped everything down, banked on their farm system, made a couple good moves, have won a World Series, and will contend for another one this year. So that's the payoff that's out there, but I just always caution everyone, it's not automatic payoff. You still have to make the right moves that's with right. everything you accumulate in terms of draft capital. And, and, and if you do sign a free agent or two, you've got a hit. So the Dolphins, everyone's getting excited. They've got seven picks in the first 99 as we sit here right now doing this, this conversation. Seven in the first 99 in the upcoming draft. But that doesn't automatically mean that every person that they draft turns, turns out to be perfect and it hits. They've got to hit on all these picks and get it right. Yeah, no doubt. And so since you've hit on that right away, let's just pick up on that point. We both live in the state of Florida, wherever fans are hearing this podcast, listeners are hearing this podcast. Uh, Charles and I kind of lean towards the state of Florida and everything that goes on here. So Miami's such a storied franchise, and it's got to be killing Dan Marino in particular in the front office. Uh, I saw Dan when the Dolphins and and Bucks practiced together, Charles, uh, back in August before the preseason game. This has got to be killing him to watch. Uh, it, it, what has gone on here where you strip the team of all the veteran talent, anybody that's that's got basically any potential that's a veteran player or in any salary cap obligation, they basically have gotten rid of. So I'll turn it to you like this. When you're getting ready to broadcast a game where the Cowboys are 20-point favorites like this, playing at home, how do you approach this with preparing for Miami and talking about Miami when they've, again, earlier this week, traded one of their top players, Minka Fitzpatrick, a draft pick from a year ago. How do you approach that from the, from the standpoint of a broadcaster with the Dolphins? I start with best-case scenario. I start with the Dolphins could turn out, they could turn this game into the biggest story in the NFL. 2-0 Cowboys, Dolphins playing them toe-to-toe, or Dolphins leading into the fourth quarter, you know, 
any of those types of scenarios, because you and I have both been involved in games that we've worked in the past where we sat and talked and said, oh, my God, it's going to be miserable. <laughs> and it turns out to be a heck of a game. Right, right? right. So you have to prepare for that because live sports, you don't really know. Okay? So you have to because otherwise you're doing everyone a disservice and you're not, being, you're not respecting the game at all. Then you have to prepare for worst-case scenario that Dallas indeed does beat the heck out of Miami because they just don't have any firepower. They're not equipped for it. You have to tell that story. What's going on here? What's happening? Why is it happening, et cetera? And you try and do it through the illumination of the game itself, not just necessarily all the stories off the court, off the field. So in between, let's let the game play, and the game will take us to where we need to go, and we're hopeful that the game will take us and keep us more about what the football is than it is about, okay, <laughs> Miami's miserable. We see that because otherwise I'm being disingenuous about the whole thing. TJ, I'm sitting there getting my prep done, and you do it all, every week as well. Yep. And you look at the ranks of teams in certain <laughs> categories, in all the categories, <laughs> and when all you see is last, last, yep. last, last, 31, last, because there's 32 teams. I saw a 26 and got excited. You know, those are the numbers you're looking at with Miami in the early going. Oh, and, and it's 102 to 10 in the first two weeks in terms of a point differential. I don't know that I've ever seen, my, and I'm, I'm, I've looked, I don't know that I've seen it anywhere uh, yet this week, a minus 92 point differential in the first two games. But maybe yep. they will bow up and play a little better. Uh, as Charles Davis is with us, he and Kevin Burkhardt and company do a great job on their broadcast on Fox. They've got the Cowboys and the Dolphins uh, this week. Um, so the Cowboys, you saw them last week with Ezekiel Elliott in there now, two games under his belt after the holdout, Dak Prescott. What stands out about the Cowboys to you, having just seen them, and now you'll have them again this week? Well, the offensive line's intact and relatively healthy, and that means you're talking about one of the better ones in the league, if not the best one in the league. That's huge. Zeke's back, and he rounded into form pretty quickly. He <laughs> came back from Cabo. Got a little work in the first week, ran for over 100 in week two. But the biggest thing for me is watching Dak Prescott ascend as a quarterback. Footwork, cleaner than it's ever been. Accuracy, better than it's ever been. Leadership, command, presence, all of those things. He was 26-30 throwing the ball at Washington. Through yeah. one interception, we yeah. had 26-30. 26 of 30 is really good in routes versus air, let alone NFL, <laughs> let alone NFL defenders. Okay, this is Plus what scares me. This is what scares me is because you and I have done this now. You've, you've given me the privilege of talking to you for about 15 years on the air, various forms and fashions. Fans should know this, uh, that Charles was around John Gruden long ago at the University of Tennessee <laughs> when they were both there. Gruden would always say when I was doing Buccaneer interviews with him, Buccaneer radio shows, that's important impressive against air and Charles Davis just yep. said the same thing and I'm smiling because I was going to say it if you didn't say it that 26 <laughs> out of 30 is impressive if you're out in the front yard with your kids and being able to hit that yeah. many passes so I didn't mean to interrupt but it's impressive it's, okay. it's impressive against well, the Redskins on the road it's impressive everywhere I mean right now Dak is 82 percent thrower for the season yes it's two ball games but it's two NFL games it's it's, it's we're watching a young quarterback really blossom. Now, it'll be interesting as we go along to see better defenses, you know, more talent. But here's what people have to understand. Washington came into the season leaning on their defense. That was a clear top, potential top 10 defense in the NFL. 
And I didn't think a top five was out of line if they stayed healthy and, and played to their potential. They've had a lot of communication errors and busts so far early in the season that shouldn't be happening. But they are a talented defense that after the early going, Dallas took them apart. Dallas got down seven zip and then scored in their next five possessions. And they were all touchdowns, one field goal. And the one field goal should have been a touchdown, but Dallas actually kept getting penalties and ended up having to kick the field goal. So that was on them. So when you watch them go, the precision they're playing on offense, the offense coordinator, Kellen Moore, they're doing a few more things. The receivers have jumped up, although they lost Michael Gallup for two to four weeks with a knee injury. But Randall Cobb being added, Witten's back, but Blake Jarwin is coming along as a tight end. Amari Cooper's comfortable now. You know, I could go on all day. And by the way, Devin Smith, remember him from Ohio State? Mm-hmm. That high flyer, knee injuries in New York, I think he caught what? 15, 20 pass, whatever it was in his stint in New York. He caught a 51-yard touchdown pass last week. I think he was 3 for 74. He's announced his arrival with authority. So when you throw it all in there, you love what you're seeing. And they have a defense that has potential to be top 10, top 5. And they haven't played as well as they've wanted to. So they still have that motivation to get better. So all in all, if you're Jason Garrett, the head coach, you're loving what you're seeing out of your team because you know you're pretty darn good. And you know your team's not satisfied with that. They want to be they want to be excellent. A few more moments with Charles Davis. He's part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast with me here. He's on the NFL on Fox. He and Kevin Burkhart working Cowboys Dolphins for this week. Always love Charles's insight. You whetted our appetite a little bit when you said Kellen Moore. A lot's being made of him taking over as the play caller. He's young. We remember doing his games when he was the Boise State quarterback. Tell me more. You've been around him a little bit. You're going to be around him more later in this week before the game with Miami. What about Kellen Moore? He's just, you know, he's everything. The, the quintessential coach's son. His dad won four state championships as a in Prosser, Washington. And Kellen... I, you know, a lot of kids come out of the womb and, and you know, and you give them the, the pacifier and the whole deal. You know, he probably he probably put a put a game film in his hand, you know, <laughs> and that's that's just kind of how that kid was raised. He was breaking down film with the old man. You remember the old, you know, sixteen millimeter or eight millimeter projectors? Yep. And you would put put and you would show it on your refrigerator door. That that was your screen at home. I guarantee you he was sitting there taking notes at that time. And and what allowed him to be a great college quarterback was the, that mind an innate sense of timing and confidence to put the ball. He saw holes where there weren't holes. He put the ball in places people thought weren't open, and guys would go get it. Because Kellen can't throw it across the street. Okay, He's not athletic by any stretch of the imagination. He doesn't have gifts. But he went 50-3 and as a starting quarterback. And you would want him every time at Boise State. And managed to have an NFL career when there should be no way he should be doing that. And now he's, what, 30, 31 years old, offense coordinator of the Cowboys, and that team believes in him in a big way. They're having fun with what they're doing. He's playing to the strengths of these guys very, very well. And so far in the early going, he's hitting all the right buttons. He and Dak have an excellent connection. All right, we got to get out of here shortly because Charles has got to run along, too, before doing Dallas and Miami. You know I'm not going to let you get away. You're a VFL, Vol for Life. Uh, Charles, we yeah. see that all the time on social media. Tennessee and Florida, and as part of the Three Dog Thursday podcast, I'm looking at the Vols as a 14-point underdog, and I'm thinking that might be too many points in Gainesville. I know it's going to be hot. It's a noon Eastern time game on Saturday. 
I think the Vols are going to be improved in this game. It's kind of like what you said a little while ago when everybody's saying you have no chance, you're going to get beat badly, it's on the road in the SEC. Something says to me the Big Orange may hang in with the orange and blue in Gainesville in this game, sir. I think in recent years, Florida's controlled the rivalry. There's no doubt about that. But you can go back and look in recent years, TJ, and look at these games, and you will see one, two plays, right? You will see a Hail Mary at the end of a yeah, ball game where yeah. the defensive back lets a guy behind him. You will see a field goal down the stretch. You'll see Tennessee with the lead in the fourth quarter give it up. You will see Florida make winning plays like Tim Tebow did his freshman year up in Knoxville on a fourth and short. Man, just to pick up a first down, keeps the drive alive, Florida goes on and wins. You will see all those things, because I know for people hearing my voice, it's not all sour grapes as a ball fan. Like, it's not every game that we just gave up or we blew. Florida won, <laughs> okay? Right. Florida won the majority of those games, but there were times when even Florida fans would admit, yeah, boy, that one was something. How hey, two, the last two, to yeah, your I, point, I, the, la- the last two in Gainesville, Florida had no business winning both of those. Maybe they win one of them, but in, in both cases, it was Houdini. It was Houdini to yeah, even pull it, one of them out. And they got it done, so you give them credit for that, but those are missed opportunities for Tennessee. I think that people would feel a little bit different about this game if you weren't looking at a Tennessee team that lost to Georgia State. And that that puts such a ding on you. They can come back and play better. I think the loss to BYU, while while it hurts like crazy, when you see BYU turn around now and beat USC next week, who had just just pounded Stanford, you say, okay, maybe this BYU team's a little bit better. People have to remember, Utah jumped on BYU in the opener. Utah's pretty darn good. So it, it just goes through. But this is a Tennessee team, and I heard a Florida kid say, I don't even know that we consider them a rival now. <laughs> and he, wasn't being ar- he wasn't being arrogant. In his young experience, that's not the rivalry right now because Tennessee hasn't done its share of winning. So that's Tennessee's fault, not that young kid for, for feeling that way. So Tennessee's got to find a way to jump back into it. They've got a senior quarterback in Justin Garantano. He's got to he's got to come and be that senior quarterback on the road to give his team an opportunity. Hey, uh, well, let's look at it like this: uh, Florida got a couple of defensive touchdowns. They won decisively last year in Knoxville. The previous four games are a Tennessee win in in Knoxville, two last minute, last second pullouts by uh, by Florida that we talked about, and a 10-9 game in Knoxville with Will Muschamp back a few years ago. So this thing should be should be close, and I'm thinking that 14-point line may be too much here on Three Dog Thursday. I know I, I don't get enough of this guy. I always love getting to talk to Charles Davis. If events and developments warrant, I'd love to bother you again later in the year at some point down the road. But right now, continued success. It's a blast to watch you and hear you and Kevin Burkhart do these games on Fox. He's got the Cowboys and Dolphins this weekend. Charles, thank Thank you. I know you got to run. I appreciate you spending some time with me here. Thanks for having me. As always, TJ, it's always a blast to catch up and keep my fingers crossed. I'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll see each other at a stadium with a Bud Buccaneers game that Kevin and I'll be able to do with you. Reminder, we got great guests still coming up with more underdogs flying. Subscribe to this show. If you have not done so, you need to subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, a Google Podcast, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to this show because it comes to you automatically on Thursday when it's up and rolling in the morning Eastern time. Uh, subscribe away. We talk underdogs, college football, the NFL. I want to thank our friends at Red Circle Podcasting. But again, go search for Three Dog Thursday wherever you find your podcast and subscribe. Plus, rate the show. Help me out. Rate the show. Rank the show uh, in these different outlets, and it will move the show up more prominently 
Give us a rating. Love to have it. Let's roll on with more of the underdog conversation as part of Three Dog Thursday. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Well, we must have done something right because the winning cures everything, guys. Keep wanting to come on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, and they keep having me on with them. I love the insight of Gary Seegers and our next guest, Chris Giannini, who are ready to give us more underdogs for this week off of their show. Chris is back with me after a couple of weeks ago. I have not been able to publicly... Uh, playfully rebuke and slap you over Army and Michigan on this show. Now, that's been two weeks ago. Have we moved on? Have we moved on from Army taking care of Michigan at Michigan? I think you would probably tell me we need to move on. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't remember that at all. You have no recollection at this time of trying to argue with me that Michigan was going to somehow handle Army. Uh, the real question is, can Michigan handle Wisconsin with both of them off a of bye week? Hey, let's get into that for 33 seconds. Michigan, Wisconsin, both off the bye week. Uh, the game at Madison. That's going to be a fantastic early game on Fox, noon Eastern time, 11 uh, Central time. Uh, I know we're anxious to watch that one to kind of kick off Saturday, right? Yes, sir. And I, and I love Wisconsin. Talked about this on the show the last time I was on with you. I just make it a rule. I never bet against those guys. But, but, but that is my kind of football. Smash mouth, run it down your throat, big boys uh, making plays, and, and it's all I love about football. And what is the stat that Gary gave us? Uh, Michigan as a road underdog here. They've been an underdog six times under Harbaugh at Michigan. Six times they have been an underdog. They have lost all six games, and they have That's failed right. to cover in four of those. Chris, is that correct? That's so right. that, only covered twice. Stay right. away from the Wolverines. We're just trying to help you on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, another prominent game that bookends the night is the CBS primetime game. Uh, the Dogs, uh, UGA, UGA, Kirby Smart, Jake Fromm. Uh, Georgia looks fantastic against Cheer Cheer for Old Notre Dame. Coming in right now as a 14.5 or 15-point favorite. What kind of chance do you give? Do you give the Irish a puncher's chance to hang in, or are they going to get dump-trucked on Saturday night in Athens? What do you think, Chris? I I think they're going to get ran out. I hate that, though. I would love to see them give Georgia a fight. Just seeing a program like Notre Dame not be able to compete with the top two or three, four teams in the country for the last five or six years is just tough. Um, You know, they play a hard schedule every week. And, and, you know, they run through that schedule. They compete well against the top 10, top 25. But, but that top five is a lot different than the rest of the top 10. Well, and, and look, they've, they've gotten in with SEC teams uh, in the past. We, we remember the, what, uh, obviously, Clemson did to them uh, back last year in the college football playoff. But Alabama boat raced them in that BCS title game. That's going on almost a decade ago now, about seven or eight years ago. Uh, when they when they seemingly get in with the bigger, faster offensive players, they tend to have trouble. We'll see if that is the case uh, with Georgia here. Let's put it like this: if 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 Notre Dame is going to hang in the game, is it Georgia turnovers? Is it a big play or two from Ian Book who can who can make some things happen with his arm and his feet? How if Notre Dame is hanging in? How do they hang in Saturday night? 
Oh, I think I actually think it's none of those. Well, turnovers are probably going to be a major part of it if it happens. But I think if I'm Brian Kelly, I got to slow this game down. Okay, I got to. I don't know that they're stopping Georgia's offense. Georgia's offensive line is just too big, too strong, and they are too powerful. They have to slow the game down, minimize possession. I mean, they need to look like Army Navy football, um, not running the option, obviously, but just get five yards and go down. Get seven yards and go down. Let's just get first down after first down after first down and keep Jake Fromm on the bench. That's how I would try to beat him if it was me. Easier said than done. George defense, pretty stout. Yeah, shorten the game if you're able to shorten the game, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how that part uh, that part plays out. All right, let's get to it. This is what people have been waiting for. Uh, here we go with your underdogs for this week. You've been talking about these on your show, but in lightness on Three Dog Thursday, give me an underdog where and why that you like. Best bet of the weekend, my favorite bet of the weekend. I have no earthly idea what Las Vegas is thinking. Northwestern at home against Michigan State, and they are catching nine and a half points. Michigan State has not beaten Northwestern at home or on the road in the last five five years. Uh, they have not covered any of these games whatsoever. Northwestern has their number. Michigan State, I don't know that they should be a double-digit favorite against any Power 5 school in the country. <laughs> well, Can especially, they score 10 points to beat somebody by 10? Well, yeah, and especially coming off of last week where they struggled at home with Arizona State to put more than a touchdown up on the board and the controversy with the field goals there at the end. Um, yeah, that's a fascinating one in the Big Ten uh, there with uh, with one of the the young. He's not as young anymore. Uh, good uh, bloodline coaches in Pat Fitzgerald, one of the grizzled veteran Big Ten coaches in Mark D'Antonio. So you got a little Big Ten doggy action with Northwestern uh, getting the nine and a half or ten points there in that one. Like that. Where are you headed next, Chris Giannini of Winning Cures Everything podcast? What do you like next for an underdog? Going down to Austin, Texas, Party Town, USA. And uh, I love Mike Gundy in this spot right here. I I think this Oklahoma State team is electric, and they got a chance to be one of the best teams in the country. They run the ball better than anybody in the country right now. They throw the ball better than anybody in the country right now. they got a quarterback that is completely fearless, exactly like Mike Gundy likes it. And and I think they're going to go down to Austin. And listen, they they have won the last five games against Texas. They have covered – uh, they've won uh, five out of the last six, I think, against Texas. Um, they've covered all of the last six games against Texas. Mike Gundy does not like Tom Herman. They almost got in a fight, if you remember, this after last year. <laughs> right, uh, right. Herman, Herman was looking to throw blows. That Listen, that man hunts rattlesnakes for a living. You don't want to fight Mike Gundy. You don't want to tussle with that guy. And, and I love him as an underdog in this spot. Well, and the name Chubba Hubbard. Watch out. Uh, Hubbard uh, lit up Tulsa last week. He's run it well early on in the year. He had two, what, he had 200 yards rushing in the first half of the game against Tulsa. I know this ain't Tulsa. We're not living on that's Tulsa right. time, Chris, for this game, but that's going to be one of the keys. Can Oklahoma State r- uh, run it? And there's a little rivalry there between the coaches. Juicy one Saturday night in Austin, so he likes uh, Oak State in that matchup. And you like another Big 12 underdog, I believe, before we are done. Do you not? I do, I do. So I look at a lot of different kinds of numbers. And one thing I look at is is, is where the spread is moving, but also you can go to VegasInsider.com and places like that to see how many, like what percentage of bets are on which team, all right? So Kansas, West Virginia. Now my guy, Les Miles, went into Boston last mm. week. And put a front whipping 
butt whipping on BC. All right. Uh, th- can I stop you for a second? There may not be a more remarkable spread versus actual outcome game in a Power 5 matchup the rest of this year. I'm going to say that again. Kansas was a 20-point underdog, 20-point underdog, and won the game by 24 on the road. I don't know that that's, that's gotten right. enough attention, Chris Giannini. Well, listen, Les, Les Miles is still one of the best coaches in the business. Kansas doesn't have the premier talent that most of these schools have, but but anybody getting a team fired up, they were coming off a bad, bad loss. And and all I, all I thought of last week was is Les Miles coming off a bad, ugly loss, gets to take his team on the road. They're going to unify them. They're going to get back together. I had a feeling they could win that game. I definitely believe they could cover the 20-and-a-half. You go check it out at Winning Cures Everything. I made that pick out clearly. Um, so with this pick, let me tell you the numbers on this. This game opened up at uh, Kansas plus seven, all right? 87% of the bets came in on Kansas, which means you think the number came in on West Virginia. So you think the number's got to get bigger, right? Right. The number has dropped three whole points. Wow. And now Kansas plus four and still 87% of the money is they are begging you to take West Virginia. People, listen, I don't know how Vegas comes up with the algorithm that they come up with. I know this. They don't build those big, pretty buildings for nothing. Okay? <laughs> those guys know things that we don't know. This line has moved three points, which is a massive line movement, the opposite direction. Yeah. So I'll be having a little bit of uh, capital on my guy, Les Miles, one more time. Yeah, and it's at home, and which West Virginia team is it? Is it the West Virginia team that got annihilated by Missouri a couple of weeks ago or the one that bounced back at home and pummeled NC State last week? They're back, they're back on the road here at Lawrence and Kansas getting points at home. That one will be interesting for sure. A few more moments. Chris Giannini, Winning Cures Everything podcast. He and Gary Seegers do a great job. You can find them uh, at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, find them on social media at Winning Cures on Twitter, Winning Cures Everything Facebook page. You can follow Chris at Chris B. Giannini. He be giving us some underdogs today. Chris B. Giannini on Twitter here. Uh, uh, here with me from the Winning Cures Everything uh, podcast. Podcast. Uh, and now we get to the main event of the NFL weekend. And I did not know this because we've only been around each other now for three, three, four weeks here. You're a humongous Cleveland Browns fan. And you said to me on your show, when I popped on your show, not only do I like the Browns this week, I am going to be there Monday night. Tell me more. Sunday night. Sunday night, I'm going to be there. Forgive me, Sunday night. If you're there Monday night, you're there after they've played. You're going to be there Sunday night. Tell me more. No, man, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, I've got a lot of family in Cleveland, and uh, I have always said for – I don't go to a lot of NFL games. I just, I just don't. I don't go to a lot of games, period, anymore. But I've always said primetime football, Sunday night, Monday night, comes back to Cleveland. It's been 10, 12 years since they've been there. I'm going to be there. Don't care the game. Don't care the matchup. I'll be there. I saw the schedule come out this year. They got two Monday night games, but they're both on the road. Sunday night football, though, got the Rams – the uh, NFC champs from last year made it to the Super Bowl coming into town. Listen, we're going to welcome Sean McVay. Miles Garrett's got something for Jeff Goff. I'm going with my brownies.
Yeah, I was going to say, Cleveland looked... I don't know really what to make of Monday night, kind of like what you were alluding to. Yes, they they blitzed uh, the Jets left and right, and, and the blitz were so crippled, you were wondering, if speaking of crippled, if Joe Namath was going to be asked to come out and quarterback the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, they've got talent on offense. They're at home. They're going to be jacked at the dog pound. Let, let's see. Let's see how this one plays out. I like that underdog a lot with Cleveland getting points. Does it, does it surprise you that that's not a pick game here with Cleveland at home and all the optimism? I know the Rams uh, won the NFC last year. They're 2-0. and They look good against the Saints. But is, does it surprise you that game is not even here at this point that the Rams are favored? No, and I actually think you can get a better number than that if you wait a little later. Right now on, on Vegas Insider, 91% of the bets coming in on Rams. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where Cleveland has not looked great. Even their win on Monday night football against a bad Jets team, the offense still just kind of seemed to live on live and die by big plays and can't really put drives together. Um, and, and, you know, so that's, that's okay. And the Rams are an incredible football team. Um, I I, all I know is I've watched football for a long time, and, and these primetime home teams, they don't just roll over and die. They, all these guys live in big houses. They're all professionals. <laughs> They've all got a lot of pride in what they do. And, and you don't just go into somebody's house on primetime and, and take away W's. And, uh, and so I like Cleveland to have a real good shot at winning this football game. Well, and again, give the Rams credit. Went all the way cross-country and beat Carolina week one and then came back home. The, the whole emotional rematch NFC Championship game. Yes, Breeze was injured. That helps them. Uh, but they found a way to win that one. Can they get up again going cross-country for the Sunday night game uh, in this matchup? Let's see. Let's see how it will play out uh, coming up. All right. Uh, once again, plug away on where we can find you uh, on social media, etc. Tell me more about the Winning Cures Everything podcast and show, sir. Yeah, you can find Winning Cures Everything podcast on all of your podcast apps, anywhere you can find it. And uh, you go to winningcureseverything.com. That is the easiest place to find all of our content and information and where we are. Uh, I am on Twitter at Chris B. Giannini, and we as a podcast are on Twitter at Winning Cures. And, uh, yeah, man, give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, check us out. These guys do a fantastic job. It's not just underdogs. They pick a bunch of games in college and a bunch of the NFL card. And, again, they've got their podcast that you can find, Winning Cures Everything. It's also simulcast as a YouTube show. They've graciously had me on a couple of times. I've actually gotten a couple of underdogs right, so that's built my credibility to come back. They wouldn't have invited me back on Winning Cures Everything. Uh, But you guys do a fantastic job. I wish you well. I want the audience to go find you. Be safe at the Dog Pound. we know where the seats are. Do you have the seats pegged? Are you in the pound in the end zone, or what's am, the update? I'm not in the pound. I, I am some pretty nice seats. Uh, they are lower level, about 45-yard line. Bravo. And, uh, Bravo. Yeah, I like I listen, it. I, I like one it. one game every two to three years. I, I break out. Listen, this is a big deal to me. I break out the wallet, and I do it right. So we got to see how it plays out, and I want to hear all about it down the road. Chris, be safe on the travels for the Browns game. Good luck with the underdogs. He's got Northwestern in the Big Ten as a home dog. Oklahoma State road dog at Texas. Kansas home dog with West Virginia in college. And he likes his Browns uh, for this matchup with the Rams coming up as part of Three Dog Thursday. Chris Giannini, thank you. Good luck with the underdogs. Thanks, sir. 
Yes, indeed. Getting ready for another weekend of college football and the NFL. And I love talking about the service academies, particularly when they're all good. We already saw the Army near miss at Michigan. We saw a great upset win last week in the Mountain West by Air Force against Colorado in overtime. Who better to help me talk Service Academy football than the guy that hosts Yards and Stripes. Hey, the Service Academy football podcast, my colleague, my college football brother from another mother, would be Price Atkinson, who's back with me here on Three Dog Thursday. Service Academy's looking good. I didn't even mention Navy uh, bopping East Carolina last weekend, including Malcolm Perry, the quarterback, with six total touchdowns. You know this, Price. Co-player of the week in the American Athletic Conference, Service Academy football, solid so far. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, TJ. Thanks for having me on. And, yes, yeah, kind of wild that uh, we're talking about uh, the Service Academies because 6-1 and one combined right now for Army, Navy, and Air Force out of the chute. In the one blemish, I think you know the one I'm talking about. And, boy, oh, boy, mm. could that one have been different. A thriller in Ann Arbor, but Army coming up short again, but still, I think they gained, if they needed to gain any more respect, and Jeff Munkin's team needed to gain anything else, which I don't think they did uh, with, in terms of national perception, uh, they did, because they, I thought they thoroughly, in that football game, not to uncover old news, I thought they outplayed Michigan, sure both teams had some turnovers, um, I thought it was wild that Army looked like very much the equal in terms of athletes running all over the field. I thought they were every bit the equal of Michigan, and that is saying something at Michigan at the time, a top 17. Well, and and we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I I always love letting you brag on the academies, and rightfully so. This is an 11-win Army team from a year ago. I say again, 11 wins, won a bowl game, annihilating Houston. And they, their defense is no joke. I mean, when you go into the big house and play defense like they did, that's not a fluke, Price. We've been saying that for a couple of weeks. That's not an accident. Uh, just give me a quick opinion on why Jeff Munkin has been able to get that kind of impact player, players, numerous ones of them, uh, because, because they were every bit as physical as a Big Ten powerhouse. Every bit, every bit, and then some. And, you know, it's not so much that they've got the kind of caliber of player, you know, mono for mono, height, weight, everything that, that Michigan has. You know, they don't have any – a lot of those kids were not even recruited. The only Division One offer they got was probably an Army, Navy, or an Air Force. A lot of it is just the way that, that Coach Munkin has built this thing up, and it's, it's taken time. It's taken a blend of a schedule, uh, much to some criticism, you know, playing Morgan State, for instance this weekend and sprinkling in that you know they kind of have that 444 mentality that Chet Gladchuck has had in scheduling at, at Navy for, for years where you schedule four really difficult games four games it could be a coin toss and then four that you know you're going to win um, and getting bowl eligible but Army has basically done that they're in, they're in they're an independent they don't have to go out and play any kind of conference opponents so they've been able to build in the confidence in the system, albeit against some rinky-dink opponents at times. But nevertheless, that's what Jeff Munkin has built up. He's built confidence in his guys. I hate using the word culture, so I'm not going to do it. But when you win, it doesn't matter who you beat. You develop that winning attitude. And they felt like going to Oklahoma last year. They felt the same way going to Ann Arbor this year. 
they weren't going there to have a good showing. They were going there to win. And like Coach Munkin said afterwards, they were disappointed they didn't win. And a lot of it, it's just simply the winning mentality. You win 10 games two years ago. You win a school record 11 last year. I mean, they single-handedly got Major Applewhite fired when they beat Houston, what, 70 to <laughs> – right. I think they're still scoring on the Cougars. It's 70 to <laughs> yeah. something. You know, and then it's just what they built up. And it's just amazing to watch Coach Munkin in this yep. team this program rise from the ashes. No doubt. All right. So Air Force along the same lines and what Troy Calhoun is doing, the Friday night game against Boise State. I am very much looking at that game for Three Dog Thursday purposes with the Falcons getting eight. Uh, it's a Friday night game. Again, if you're listening to us later in the weekend, you may know that I was very smart or very foolish to be looking at Air Force. They come off the win over Colorado Price. Give me 30 to 45 seconds on Air Force, and what kind of shot do they have here? Uh, they got more than a shot. They got certainly a, a puncher's shot, and that's to put it lightly, because these teams have played. This will be the eighth meeting between Air Force and Boise State, all coming as Mountain West Conference opponents, and it's four and three, Boise State leading the series. But with Boise State given eight, give or take a half point, I believe the over-under is, is at 55, uh, give or take a couple. Um, yeah, it's on the Smurf turf, but Boise State is not this juggernaut offensively that they were the last couple of years. Sure, they're good. Brett Rippon, yes, he's gone. But I think defensively, Boise State is a notch better than what they've been the past couple of years. And that's why I think Boise State right now, in my opinion, is is without a doubt, I think if you say, I think conservatively easy, one of the top three group of five teams. Um, but Air Force... They obviously beat Colorado last week. They went to Boulder. It's the first time they've won. It's the first time those two teams, Colorado and Air Force, have played, TJ, in over 40 years. Yep. Air Force had not won at Folsom Field there in Boulder since 1968. They go in there. They get behind 10. They roar ahead. They're up 23-10, to 10, only to give up the lead in the, the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, and then they win it in overtime. I mean, these two teams, both Boise State and Air Force, they've beaten Power 5 opponents. Colorado there for Air Force, and certainly we, we all know the comeback the Boise engineered down in Tallahassee against the hapless Florida State Seminoles. So I think this is going to be one outstanding ball game, and I think Air Force has certainly got more than their opportunity, especially that defense now. Now, granted, they've only played Colorado, and they've only played Colgate. They've only played two games, and they hadn't even got to the pass-happy teams in the Mountain West, okay? But they're only giving up, I believe it's 170 yard games, uh, uh, yards through the air per game. That is outstanding numbers when you consider how bad Air Force was against the pass last year. They brought back most of their entire secondary, which is a good thing, even though it was maligned and got drilled more often than not last year in the past Happy Mountain West. But they have more than held their own, and they've got experience led by Captain Jeremy Fajedulum, who leads the team in tackles there with 13. They certainly have a puncher's chance, and I would not yep. be shocked to see an upset. And Boise, again, I was on them for that Florida State game because they've got almost their whole defense back, all of their offensive yep. line back. True freshman quarterback Bachmeyer has played well. But again, well. Air Force is not going to be afraid of them. They've beaten them a couple of times uh, in recent years and beat them once in Boise in recent years. So let's see what this looks like uh, for this 2019 version of Troy Calhoun's team on Friday night. Going to be a lot of fun to watch that one. CBS Sports Network will have it all over the country. Again, if you're listening later on the weekend, you may already know if Boise State handled them. Did Air Force give them fits? Did Air Force perhaps upset them? 
uh, if that's yep. the case. Uh, so no yep. Navy this weekend. I mentioned Malcolm Perry and the great performance against East Carolina last week for them. They have the weekend off, but are playing a Thursday game against da 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 Go Tigers, go. My alma mater, the Memphis Tigers. That is next Thursday night national TV game. So this is an excellent like one-week preview here on Three Dog Thursday for that game. And it's a rematch of what was a wild game in Annapolis last year that Navy hung on to win when my Tigers ran out of time. The clock ran out on them uh, when they were in the plus territory trying to score a last-second touchdown. They had no timeouts left. They couldn't get a final playoff. Navy wins. So that's the rematch of this game. And there's some other subplot, too, to how Navy won that game last year, Price. Yeah, they came back. I mean, they opened the season at Hawaii. And, you know, going to Hawaii, it's it's not (laughs) like if you're going from Colorado or you're going from L.A. or even Texas. I mean, you're going from Annapolis, Maryland. I mean, way, way, way far away. And it's not easy to get to, much less get home. So they got there, and they had to play the season over against the Rainbows. They got utterly drilled. They come home to Annapolis, and basically they go to class. They arrive about 4 a.m. on Monday morning and go straight to class, only to have a short, short week to get ready for Memphis in that American Athletic Conference opener. And, you know, as you mentioned, they hung on. They won the football game 22-21 to as Memphis. They drive inside, I believe it was down to about the Navy 30-31 yard line with a minute and a half to go, and they and they can't get it done out of timeouts. And so Navy takes over to survive. But this is going to be a Thursday night game at Memphis next week. And, you know, one of the things to watch for is in the offseason, you know, last year Navy, they started off, what, three? you know and they 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 fell apart tj they just came apart and coach niamatololo said a lot of it was his fault he mixed and matched at quarterback a little bit malcolm perry who i think is the most electric playmaker in service academy football with the ball in his hands the starting quarterback out of uh, clarksville tennessee he is the full-time guy there is no zach ab a senior looking over his shoulder there is nobody else and when you've got him they're back to running the true triple option. But one thing that they did in the offseason, they knew they had to get better in the passing game. They knew they had to be able to throw the football more and not play the game in a phone booth with 10 guys inside the box at the line of scrimmage. So what does Coach Ken Niamatololo do? He gets rid of a lot of assistant coaches, coaches, especially on the defensive side. But he brings in a guy named Billy Ray Stuntsman, who played college football wide receiver at Hawaii. Your list, your listeners know, and you well know, you know what kind of offense they run at Hawaii. Right, they run the run and shoot. So he hires Billy Ray Stutzman to come in and basically institute some run and shoot concepts in the passing game out of the option, out of the looks, and it paid off. Last week, uh, uh, Malcolm Perry. First player since 2010 when Ricky Dobbs, that name might be familiar to to some of your listeners. Oh, yeah. Outstanding four-year starter at quarterback for Navy. First time since Ricky Dobbs in November 2010 against Arkansas State that a Navy player passed and rushed for over 150 yards in one game. Malcolm Perry was 5-7 of throwing the football for 156 yards, and he ran for over 150. Oh, yeah, he also ran for four touchdowns and threw for two. So that element of the passing game that Navy so, so desperately wanted to and so far in two games has improved is a big thing to watch, especially as you're getting ready to play Memphis. And the other thing to watch, too, is you talk about new faces. You know, Brian Newberry, the new defensive coordinator who comes to Navy from Kennesaw State at the recommendation of Jay Bateman, former defensive coordinator Jay, Jay Bateman at our Army, now at North Carolina, defensive coordinator for Mac Brown. He's brought that more of attacking, that kind of 
three, three, five, you know, a lot of different looks. There's no bend but don't break defense anymore that Navy's playing. They've gone to more of an attacking type style. And so far that also has paid off defensively in creating turnovers for Navy. So that's another thing to watch. And, you know, obviously a big American Athletic Conference game for both teams, but Navy with a chance to certainly go 2-0. and It'd be tough on the road. Yep, we'll see what they can do. And again, Memphis has got high hopes of also being maybe one of those Power 5 uh, party crashers for the New Year's Six Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Uh, with Brady White at quarterback, and they've gotten off to a good start, beat Ole Miss early in the year. That'll be a fun one. It's always fun to listen to this man talk Service Academy football. He's Price Atkinson. It's Yards and Stripes is the Service Academy uh, football podcast. You can search for that. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, find uh, Yards and Stripes. It's also Yards and Stripes on Twitter, Yards and Stripes on Facebook, to find Price Atkinson and what he talks about here. And you've got a great guest on this week's podcast. When you talk Air Force, let's go back to them for a half sec. When you talk Air Force and all their great accomplishments, the name Fisher DeBerry is prominent, and you get to talk to that man on this week's podcast. Yeah, Fisher DeBerry, the legendary head coach at the Air Force Academy, uh, just did unparalleled things in winning that Commander-in-Chief trophy. I mean, they owned it during the Fisher DeBerry era, you know, in Colorado Springs. Played uh, played college football at Wofford, not too far from where I, where I sit right here in the upstate of South Carolina. You know, he was uh, played at Wofford, uh, played high school ball at Bennettsville here in South Carolina, and then was a high school coach, you know, at uh, Florence High School. And then, uh, but what, it just a, a legend, a legend in the game uh, of college football at Fisher DeBerry. And so, great conversation with him hadn't had him on in a couple seasons had him on uh for season one a couple years ago and really excited just the stuff that he talks about the stories that he has to share and just the amazing work of the fisher deberry foundation that he has events all year as they work to help uh provide resources for single parent homes all across the united states and you know fisher deberry's uh you know just the latest one but you know had some great guests trent steelman former uh, Army starting quarterback, four-year starter, which is rare at a service yep. academy, started four years, uh, started up in uh, at Army, now an assistant coach, actually the offensive coordinator in his third season at Jacksonville University playing in the Pioneer Football League. It was uh, it was interesting after he graduated and, and served his five years, you know, he moved to wide receiver and he was on the Ravens practice squad for a little bit in the NFL before, you know, moving on and, and serving his military commitment. Then he gets into commercial real estate state and says you know what this isn't for me so after three months he decided he wanted to get into coaching and here he is he's an offensive coordinator at jacksonville university you know had phil mcconkey the five nine wide receiver from navy who caught a touchdown in super bowl 22 off the when it bounced off the fingertips of mark bavaro right the giant the broncos you know phil uh, phil mcconkey you know told a brief story uh, last year and then again a couple episodes ago about you know basically begging to be recruited as a 5'9", 130-pound wide receiver, nothing, out of Buffalo, New York. You know, he gets the opportunity because uh, Bill Belichick, you know, saw him and said, hey, you, you, need, you guys need to offer this guy a scholarship. And George Wells ended up, uh, you know, uh, offering him a scholarship. And so Bill Belichick's dad, Steve, who was a longtime special teams coach and advanced scout at Navy. And I'm also speaking of speech, uh, Bill Belichick, you know, Phil McConkey was on. The reason why I had him on a couple weeks ago was to talk about a couple former legendary Navy head coaches, including the George Welch, who passed away, two Navy coaches passing away within a week of each other earlier this year. Bill Belichick, 
came back to Annapolis the night before the season opener, just two weeks ago against Holy Cross. Bill Belichick was in, was one of the many star-studded people that were there. It was the Friday night, what getting ready to open their season, and he spends Friday night in Annapolis, a place that he grew up in, telling stories, you know, about George Wells and so many other things around the Navy program. So a great interview with Phil McConkey, along with you know all the head coaches that we've had on preseason. So great stuff rolling along, but really a great interview with Fisher DeBerry. I hope a lot of people will tune in and check it out. And again, you can go to the archive and check out Trent Steelman, who was uh, last week's show, Phil McConkey recently, and the coaches as well. And and one more thing, you do a great job with the the Faces of the Fallen and the Travis Mannion Foundation every week. Again, this man is Service Academy through and through, even on the football podcast. So we want to give them a shout out, a shout out here because the Travis Mannion Foundation, very near and dear to you on the podcast every week, real quick. Yeah, I really appreciate the Travis Mannion Foundation. Uh, you know, Derek, Ryan Mannion herself. You know, Travis Mannion actually was a wrestler of mine when I worked at the Naval Academy. And, you know, he was killed in uh, an attack of insurgents on his last deployment right before he left. He said, if not me, then who? And it was one of many deployments that Travis served as a member of the United States Marine Corps. And he was tragically killed uh, serving, defending our country. And so, you know, the Travis Mannion Foundation backed again for season two to partner uh, with me and Yards and Stripes for the TMF honor roll that we do at the end of every episode, honoring and remembered one of our fallen heroes who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And so incredibly appreciative of the Travis Manion Foundation doing work, you know, empowering future generations, develop character in local communities across the country by working with the families and the and loved ones and friends of those who have lost a loved one, um, you know, serving our country. It's it's really therapeutic as they help continue that legacy of character and commitment of their loved one in doing projects around the United States. And so the team, the Travis Manning Foundation, is just incredible work and just excited to have them on board again for season three. Love it from Price Atkinson. Plug away again where they can hear and find Yards and Stripes, young man. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. You can go to at Yards and Stripes on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can get every link every week right there. But, you know, just go to your favorite podcast app and just, uh, search Yards and Stripes. You just get the podcast delivered right to your phone once a week, every week. Army, Navy, and Air Force, the original home for Service Academy football. Price does a great job. Again, let's see what Air Force does with Boise State. You may already know that result again if you're listening to us. Uh, next Thursday night, when we come back on on Three Dog Thursday, is the showdown Navy at Memphis. Check out his podcast. Love the insight. You are the best. I look forward to hearing more on the shows, including Fisher DeBerry on this week's show. Thank you, young man. All right, having a blast with all these different guests. Uh, my thanks all the way back at the beginning to Charles Davis for being with me from the NFL on Fox. Chris Giannini does a tremendous job. He and Gary Seeger's Winning Cures Everything podcast. They do more than just underdogs. They go with the money line. They go with favorites under overtotals. Check them out. WinningCuresEverything.com, at WinningCures on Twitter, WinningCuresEverything on Facebook. Their show, their podcast, found on iTunes, uh, on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. They simulcast the show on YouTube. I was a guest with them again this week. You can go check that out at WinningCuresEverything.com and all of their social media. Thanks to Chris Giannini uh, for being on. Price Atkinson as well. The Yards and Stripes podcast is up right now on uh, on the podcasting 
podcasting platforms through Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify again, Yards and Stripes, Service, Service Academy Football, Yards and Stripes with Price Atkinson, Fisher DeBerry, the guest, the Air Force coach from uh, from this week's show. He's got great guests all the time and, and great Service Academy football talk. Can Air Force get it done at Boise State Friday night? Again, you may be listening later in the weekend. You already know that answer as we were talking about with Price because that's a Friday night game in Boise on the blue turf. Let's see if that Mountain West showdown goes the way of the Falcons. Will they get the cover or not? I'm going to stay away from that game for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I do like what Chris Giannini said about the Kansas Jayhawks back home here against West Virginia. Uh, Less Miles and company off the humongous win at Boston College. They come back home in a Big 12 game. I don't know which West Virginia team to believe, the one that got trucked again by Missouri or the one that was impressive with NC State I'll take Kansas to win the game I'll gladly take the four points uh, right now midweek on three dog Thursday I go with the Jayhawks and I will also take the Tennessee Volunteers the big orange to keep it close with the orange and blue of the Florida Gators for this matchup in Gainesville Florida probably still wins the game uh, but I don't know that they win it by 14. I think this will be a close game. Jeremy Pruitt's team will bow their back here in SEC play on the road in September. These games have been close battles. And as we talked about with Charles uh, and with Chris Giannini, they probably should have won one, if not both of the games in Gainesville the previous two years, 2017-2015. Let's see if they come close to winning in this one. So I'll take that one as an underdog as well. And I'll also go Cleveland Browns straight up Sunday night football with the Rams uh, getting points at home off the Monday night win. Again, I don't know. This is more about I don't trust the Rams as much in the hostile environment coming cross country again. I know they're battle tested. They're well coached with Sean McVay and Wade Phillips on the defense. But I think Cleveland will have something for them. I think the Browns find a way to get the victory with Baker Mayfield and company in the Cleveland defense with Miles Garrett leading that front seven, that pass rush. They're going to get after Jared Goff and the Rams. I'll go Cleveland Browns for my NFL underdog on Sunday night football. We'll see how my Buccaneers do against Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Jones replacing Eli Manning. That a Sunday late afternoon, 425 Eastern time start. See if my Bucs can get to 2-1 and one in what is now clearly a wide-open NFC South with Drew Brees' injury, Cam Newton's foot injury. Is Newton even going to be able to play? You may be hearing us on the weekend on Three Dog Thursday, and they may have already ruled him out for that matchup with Arizona. He looked banged up to me last Thursday night in the game with the Bucks on Thursday night football. Uh, again, the NFC South appears to be wide open right now because of the injuries. We'll see what happens in that. So again, I will take Kansas. I will take Tennessee. I will take the Cleveland Browns as those underdogs. Chris Giannini, by the way, loving Northwestern. Oklahoma State and Kansas in the Big 12, and he also likes the Browns on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Do you even dare touch one of the 20-plus point underdogs, the Dolphins or the Jets in the AFC least? Uh, Both of them on the road, both of them likely to take it on the chin big time against the Cowboys and Patriots, respectively. We'll see. And again, uh, we'll find out how all the mayhem unfolds with all of these different games. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Thanks again to my guests. Thank you for finding us. Subscribe again via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Find us through Red Circle Podcasting as well. It's Three Dog Thursday. Follow the show at Three Dog Thursday. we got great gambling tips, clips of the shows, etc. 
Uh, but you can find the show and subscribe, and it comes to you automatically on iTunes, on Spotify. As soon as the new episode is up on Thursday, ding, it comes right to you. Subscribe, rate the show, rank the show. It'll move on up uh, in the rankings when you do. So uh, we look forward to seeing what's going to happen here on Three Dog Thursday. Again, thanks to Charles Davis, Chris Giannini, Winning Cures Everything, uh, Price Atkinson of the Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football Podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. We're back next week talking more underdogs on the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to those underdogs in college football the NFL. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.